We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back, everybody. Roto Grinders NFL Food for Thought Podcast. I cannot believe we are looking ahead to week seven this week. I am your host, The Luch, Justin Carlucci, alongside of the Chief Will Priester. Another week, basically in the books, my friend. How are you? I'm good, man. Um, I, I, you know, quite frankly, I didn't have a great week. Uh, this past week, especially in the props scene, like probably the worst week I've had ever. Uh, I mean, it just, I, I just couldn't get anything right this week, man. Everything that I thought was going to happen just kind of did not happen. And so it's like, okay, you know, we're back off to the races Monday night. My props were bad. And so, I mean, Sunday night football, excuse me, my props were bad. I just, I just didn't have a good Sunday. And so I told everybody, hey, you know, I'm, I'm hanging it up for today. Like, you just got to know when things just are not going your way. And it just did not go well for me. I mean, it, like I said, probably the worst weekend I've had of props in NFL ever. And uh, so uh, this week, I'm, I'm almost positive that means it's going to be a nuclear week. I probably won't miss anything. 
And that's that's the way this thing goes. So really excited to come on and talk shop with everybody and, and have some fun. Knock down seven, get up eight. You yeah. Got to go back go. to the lab, my friend. And it's been – it was a crazy week. Crazy, crazy week. I say that so much, people probably get sick of me saying it. But how do you not love this league? It's so addicting. We never know what's happening next. Ever. Yeah. But but our scores and odds teams been pretty good over there at SAO. I mean, we are up well over 40 units. We were entering uh, this past week as a, as a team, which is pretty crazy because we have so many analysts that put in so many different kinds of bets and who have different processes and everything that it's been a blast and, and a lot of fun. So we're recording this prior to the Broncos Chargers primetime game. Uh, but we do which, which means absolutely nothing for us because that game should be a snooze fest mostly. But we do have bad news for you all. The next three primetime games aren't going to get much better, are they, Chief? <laughs> yeah, we look, We did a, a look ahead. And, I mean, Thursday night football this week is Saints-Cardinals. Sunday night football is Steelers-Dolphins, which is probably going to be the best game out of all of these. Uh, pour one out for Kenny Pickett if he plays. I mean, I don't know if he's going to play, excuse me. And then Monday night is Bears-Patriots. Like, how bad could the primetime games be? Now, in 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 their defense, I think people expected the Dolphins to be much better than they would have been. Two is out. I think people expected the Cardinals and Saints to be better, and they're just not. So, you know, that's the league can't help it when the product isn't coming together like they probably anticipated when they set the schedule. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Everyone was high in the Broncos. But the, the crazy thing is, this league, sometimes things just click. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with the Denver Broncos. In fact, I'm not confident that's going to happen with the Denver Broncos. From what we've seen out of Russell Wilson, plus he's not 100% healthy. They've had a ton of injuries on both sides of the ball. Nathaniel Hackett has not proved himself to be capable as a decision maker. So there aren't many things trending positively. But if the Denver Broncos, and this is not a Denver Bronco podcast, just like last week was not a Geno Smith podcast. If Denver Broncos somehow sneak away with a primetime win on Monday when we hang up the phone here, they're 500 in a very competitive open AFC to claim some wildcard spots at the minimum, Chief. So in the grand scheme of things, this could be a momentum game for Denver. At the same time, uh, the Chargers won two straight. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about Monday Night Football here, and they're dealing with injuries in their own right and things like that. But, you know, it's that time of the year where health and nutrition is huge in play. Um, a lot of great games. We should probably start with the Bills and the Chiefs if we want to talk about an elephant in the room. That game go according to kind of some of your synopsis heading into it? Uh, I thought it would have been a little bit more scored on the board, but it, but in terms of how it all played out, like when I looked at the scheme of the game, I think what we saw in the second half is what we thought we were going to see for both halves. Now I will say the yards were there. Like I think at the end of the first half, Patty, Patty Mahomes had, I think around what, 140, 150, 160, somewhere up in there passing. It's just the scores just did not come together like we thought. But in terms of the actual production from the players, um, of course, man, I, I get all my Juju Schuster prop, props and 
he goes nuts. And I knew it's like sometimes you know when a guy's too 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 low every week. And I knew he was too low. And it just I I just I hopped off the train and as soon as I hopped off, man, bang, over a hundred game of the year for him so far. And uh it, it is what it is, but yeah, man, I, I definitely think uh I think it was worth the cost of admission, even if it, even if the second half is what really blew up for you. One of my favorite episodes last last year of uh, the theory of DFS with our guy Jordan Cooper. He was on with Eric Bond for, and and it was the episode where he's due. This guy's due. You have to play him. He's due. What does he do even mean? Like, what what's what's the you know what's the advanced analysis behind he's due? Uh, Juju was due. How could you get off him, Chief? You know, I'm just <laughs> Well, no, but 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 here's the thing, right? There is – he's due to me means this. Juju came out week one, I think, 40-something yards receiving. We took the over, he crushed. Week two, he's, I don't know, 52. It's still too low. He goes under. Week three, he's 50. We take it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just – for me, it's just about the fact that if guys come out too low every week, whether they hit or they don't, you still have to stick with it, right? Because now, next week, he's not going to be 46 and a half. It's probably going to be 55 and a half. So I just gave up seven and a half, seven yards worth of value that I otherwise would have had, um, you know, or, or eight to nine yards worth of value that I otherwise would have had because he just had a nuke week. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's really what it's about for me when guys are just too low in terms of a prop play, it's, it's all about um, getting them while they're too low, because once they blow through it, the books are going to adjust and they may not go back. I, I hate the is do thing. It's funny. Everyone that plays fantasy sports says this guy's do right. It's so funny. Um, and I love Jordan Cooper's show over there. He has some great guests. I don't listen to a lot of stuff from around the industry. I listen to some of the stuff we have, but I hate getting sucked into groupthink. So I, it's not that I don't have any interest in listening to other people because there's many people that are way smarter than me. But, you know, you have your processes and you don't want to get off, you know, your own when you, you know, I, I don't know. You got to find that balance between researching and using your resources and just being like, wow, this guy's right and I'm wrong. You know, that you're listening to guy or girl, you know, is right and I'm wrong that you're listening to. So um juju doesn't even have 20 percent of the target market share in kansas city so uh he's an interesting anomaly case here right like he's not the target demand guy that maybe some thought he would be uh travis kelsey death taxes travis kelsey another 100 yard game against buffalo they didn't get the win but that guy just puts on against the bills chief i mean he puts on against everybody uh i mean last week <laughs> not 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 week uh six against the Bills, but week five. I mean, the man just comes out and has a four touchdown game with like ten yards receiving. It was more than ten, but you get my point. It's just he he just finds ways to produce, man. And so I uh Kelsey just continues to have big games. And that and that's what happens when your tight end is essentially your number one receiver. <laughs> Yeah, hey, but kudos to Buffalo playing in a hostile playoff-ish, Super Bowl-ish type environment 
Arrowhead going in there, grinding it out, and uh, getting the dub. So, are the Bills the best team in the NFL? Um, I I actually think they are. I I, I do. Um, because I feel like they have enough on both sides. So, do I feel like their defense is the best in the NFL? No. Um, they're definitely top five in my book. Do I feel like their offense is the best in the NFL? They're probably 1A and 1B with, with the Chiefs, but I'm going to give them the nod because they have more star power. Well, you they're, have they're, my my neighboring friends and listeners here. My, I don't want to get too far ahead of us here, but you know they're screaming in their car right now or at the gym or whatever device they're listening to. They are screaming at you and me, E-A-G-L-E-S. So – I. I know they are. I'm aware of this. And I have tons of respect for the Eagles. But here's here's the difference, I think, between Buffalo and Kansas City and the Eagles. If the Eagles have to get into a scoring match with the Bills, they're dead. Like, they can't outscore the Bills. Like, that's not something they're going to do. I don't think – so hear me out. I love the Eagles, but I don't think this team is built to really play from behind. If they got to play from behind, I think they're in trouble, Luke. That's my concern. Like if the Bills get down, it doesn't matter. They're going to throw the ball 60 70% of the time anyway. The Eagles aren't – they don't want to throw the ball most of the game. They want to run most of the game and then set up the pass where the Bills are going to pass no matter what. So when I'm saying that culturally, the Eagles aren't built to play from behind. Yes, I know they have Smith and I know they have um, A.J. Brown. I'm not saying they don't have the talent to keep up. That's not what I'm saying. So don't misconstrue that. They have Dallas Goddard as well. I'm saying philosophically, the team is built to run the ball, control the clock, score as much as they want, right? Not allow you to score like – you know, that's how the team is built. They're not built to be down 21 points and have to figure out how to win the game. That, that if, if they're down 21 to Buffalo, they're done. Like, because Buffalo isn't going to take their foot off the gas. They're just going to keep pushing it down the field, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. That's the way that team is built, philosophically, right? Like, philosophically, Buffalo is going to throw the ball most of the game. I, the next, you know, philosophically, the Chiefs are going to throw the ball. Philly is not built that way. Now, and I know we can say, and, and, and so here's here's what, what other people will say too in terms of, well, you know, when it gets later in the year, it gets so much colder. And when you, if you got to come to Philly, it's going to be a problem. Well, Buffalo plays in Buffalo. It, there's no difference. In fact, it may be worse. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm siding with Buffalo here. And let's just hope we don't have a mid-season or end-of-the-year meltdown. Um, but I definitely think they're the better team in football. And they've already taken their lumps to lose, right? Like, that's why they're so hungry. Like, this new Eagles team, they haven't taken their lumps yet. Like, this is this is Jalen Hurts' second year. And, you know, I, I've got to give the nod to the, to, the, to the Bills just from the playoff experience. Like, in sports, I do value experience. So I'm going to give my nod to the Bills. 
But but I don't want the Philly fans to feel like that's a knock on Philly. I think Philly's a great team. Uh, and I think Philly probably comes out of the NFC the way it's looking at this point, unless the Giants just come into town and, and, and give them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed serious trouble I still think they're better than the Giants so I, I, I think Philly in terms of the NFC I think they're the cream of the crop I think they're a team to beat and I hope they don't go undefeated I hope they lose a the game early go ahead and get it out of the way get the pressure off so you can just get back to winning you know what I mean I mean going undefeated is great but it doesn't matter if you go and lose in the first round of the playoffs. It means absolutely nothing. You know, the NFC looks a lot less scary when the Rams have 99 problems, <laughs> at least. You know, The Rams aren't good. The Buccaneers aren't good. The, the Cardinals aren't good. Do I have to bring up the Packers yet, or can we just wait? Because <laughs> I, I want to talk about the Eagles real it's, quick. It's no need to talk real about the quick. Packers. They're a figment of your imagination, just like Aaron Rodgers being elite. <laughs> that's that's in everybody's head. It's not in real life. Okay, we'll just we'll just get out of the way. I won't mention Aaron Rodgers too much more anymore. San Francisco was on their way, and then you know they they're decimated by injuries on the defense, and they go into Atlanta and catch a beatdown, a, a serious beatdown, not like. I mean, it, it was a beatdown. So, I, you know, the, the NFC, in terms of it being wide open, I don't even feel like it's wide open. If Philly keeps winning, they're going to close the book on the NFC pretty quickly. And I know that the Vikings keep winning too, but I don't trust the Vikings. The quarterbacks are cousins. He's one interception away in a playoff game from screwing everything up. Yeah, that sounds like Kirk Cousins. Uh, exactly. It, like, I... I, I and and look, may, maybe I maybe I'm tougher on quarterbacks than people think. I haven't even I, you guys probably haven't even heard me go on my Kirk Cousins rant. But I don't trust Kirk Cousins at quarterback. Him and Aaron Rodgers are the same to me. You know why? They can win and they can put up some numbers, but when the game's on the line, I don't want Kirk Cousins. I don't want the ball in his hands. It's an automatic interception. You know, I just I want to point something out about the Eagles and how. We have, well, I'm looking at Gridiron IQ, so that's five weeks of data. They didn't enter week six yet. So the Eagles' pass defense is pretty good. I agree it would probably be tough for the Eagles to hang in a 
you know, a complete shootout with Buffalo or Kansas City. The Eagles That's can score the thing. Points. The Eagles can score points. They can score points. Absolutely. But I'm talking about shootout. That, that's what I'm talking – I'm saying they take a punch, right? The Eagles haven't really had to take a punch outside of going to Arizona and, like, beating themselves, right? And they still know. won that game. I know it was Jacksonville, but the Jacksonville game, like, again, I said a couple weeks ago, that showed me something. They were in a, a bad hole early, pick six, first series of the game, down 14 nothing. I think. It was raining. Like, that was kind of a gut check game. So, I mean – I, I, I agree. Don't, I don't think it's fair to – I mean, maybe they haven't been, like – you know, down for an eight count yet, but they definitely got slapped around a little bit. Well, here's, but here's what I'm saying. Jacksonville is not the Bills. I understand. You're right. And they're also not the Chiefs. What I'm saying is if they go down like 21 to the Chiefs or the Bills, the the Bills aren't going to stop scoring points. Like they're going to keep pushing. The Chiefs will keep pushing. And those are two of the, higher powered offenses in the league that are capable of continuing to score points as you try to recover. Like Jacksonville's still a young team. I, I didn't expect them to lose to Jacksonville. Jacksonville Jacksonville did exactly what we thought, right? I think we talked about it on the pod before that. I expected them to play hard, but they were also a young team and I expected them to lose. And that's exactly what happened. So they they're still they're still trying to figure it out, I think, in Jacksonville. And when I say young, of course I know Marvin Marvin uh, Jones is there. He's what I'm saying. Generally speaking, you know that that team isn't a veteran team. So, um, and and that's and that's the only only thing I feel about the Eagles. Like, if if the Bills don't jump out on them or the Chiefs don't jump out on them early, I'm saying if it was a Super Bowl situation and it's you know you know 17 10 at, at halftime, or, like that's in the Eagles' wheelhouse. But if it's like 28 seven. I'm hanging it up on the Eagles if they have to face one of those offenses. That's all I'm saying. No, it, it makes sense. I, I'm just looking at Gridiron IQ, and, you know, we have a couple weeks, five weeks of data in here. The Eagles' pass defense has been pretty good. Again, I know they haven't played a powerhouse Bills or Chiefs-esque type team, but, um, you know, they're basically essentially top third of the team in yielding pass success, uh, and they're very aggressive on Monday night. I know we didn't see the best of throws from Cooper Rush, but we did see some tremendous individual cornerback play. Like, we saw a couple of fantastic plays. Darius Slay uh, and Bradbury I thought were really good. Um, The Eagles, you know, you look at the front four, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Hargrave, and, of course, Jordan Davis is a monster. Like, pretty, pretty good name recognition there. The linebackers, okay, if you're an Eagles fan, you know. You know that uh, Roseman and Laurie don't invest in linebackers. It's probably been 50 years since he invested any high equity on a damn linebacker in Philadelphia. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, You know, their linebackers aren't fantastic. I I like the front and I like the secondary they have there. According to Gridiron IQ, the Eagles aren't great at defending gap run. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that actually fits the bill uh, for them to, maybe bode well in a potential matchup against Kansas City or Buffalo because those teams don't run the football. So I I, I don't know. I mean, nobody ever fares completely well against the Bills or the Chiefs. But when you're talking about when is the Eagles' first loss going to be, I don't know. I'm starting to think maybe it's going to come from a run-oriented team. Um, And I'm looking at the schedule. Uh, The Colts are a zone-run team. You know, playing in Indy isn't great, though. I don't know. I think maybe they beat Indy. 
Green Bay, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, that should be an interesting game. Oh, that, stop it. Stop it. T- Tennessee, right I don't know. Tennessee's going to run not the ball. Losing, they're not losing to Green Bay. Like, just stop it. Is Green Bay better than Tennessee? No. Could Tennessee beat the Eagles? And I'm not trying to be a homer. I'm just I'm looking at teams who are going to try to establish the run if that's maybe where the Eagles are a bit vulnerable. And I'm 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 looking at this data before yesterday's game, right? So they were um, bottom third in the league against gap runs. And let's see here. Let me just bring up Dallas. Dallas isn't really a gap run team; they're a zone run team. But Dallas averaged over five yards of carry last night against Philly. Can you beat Can you beat the Eagles on the ground a little bit here, Chief? Maybe. Yeah, you can if you get it going. Here's what I will say that I think is going to help the Eagles. They're on a bye this week. Yeah. And one one of their one of their uh one either one of their cornerbacks or safeties hurt his hand last night. Um and you know, he's you know, it's going to be good for him to not have to play this week and have that extra week off and try to get recovery. And, and, and for uh, Lane Johnson, wasn't didn't I think he left with a concussion um, as well. So you get what I'm saying? Like, they could not have asked for a better week to have a bye. These guys come back mostly healthy. I think it's definitely going to help them get rolling, like as they try to, you know, close off the back half of their season. I totally agree. I agree. Eagles are, are rolling right now. They're getting, they're taking care of business. So taking yeah, really, care of business. Can't take anything away from the birds. What a time in Philadelphia. The Phillies are wow. doing their okay. thing here, Chief. The Eagles. Yeah, are they are. Here's here's what I will say. Uh, in, in terms of the schedule, I don't think they're anywhere near losing. Maybe until the Tennessee game. But if, if they beat Tennessee, I actually think their biggest challenge is going to be December 11th at the Giants. Like, that, that's – if they haven't lost by then, that's going to be their challenge, I think, especially if the Giants are still rolling. You get what I'm saying? Like, that – to me, that is their big challenge against the Giants because the Giants are going to play pretty good D as well. And, you know, it's a division game, and it's one of those rock'em, sock'em games where it ends like 17-10 or 17-14, 17-16, something crazy. You know what I mean? Um, that That's kind of how I feel about the schedule. And then they do have to go to Dallas on December 24th, and that will be back at least five games by then, I would assume. At least. So... When they play Dallas again, it's going to be a totally different feel than what they had playing against Cooper Rush. So, you know, and and that's another division game. So that's how I feel about the Eagles. I I do think they're going to continue to be successful. I definitely think they are the best team in the NFC East. Um, And who would have thought that the NFC East would be carrying the NFC in week six heading into week seven? Nobody. There's so many headlines we could talk about. I don't know where you want to go next, but I'm having a bit of an identity crisis issue with the New England Patriots. Who are they? Absolutely uh, well, just demolished Cleveland on the road. After they had a gigantic win against Detroit in a huge shutout, and we were really ripping the Lions. But to come out in back-to-back weeks and do this against two NFL teams, yes, the Lions are still an NFL team. Yes, Cleveland is missing some 
uh, important parts, but you know, they've been very formidable. That same Browns team, um, you know, played a very competitive game with the chargers last week. So who are the new England Patriots? Here's what I will say. Uh, I don't think so. So to me, so, so hear what I'm saying, and I'm, I'm going to do a Cowboys comparison. Okay, Cow, Cowboys comparison here. Um, so Dak goes out and Cooper Rush comes in, and they're like, "Oh, you know," and Cooper Rush is winning games, right? But you know, it's. It's not like he's winning them games. He's he's not losing them games. Do you get what I'm saying? Like outside of maybe there was one game, I think his first game in or second game, where I felt like he, he really helped them win that game at his position. And this isn't this isn't an indictment on Cooper Rush because He's earned the money that they're paying him to be the backup, right? Like when you're the backup and you, you've only lost one game out of out of five to help and help a team stay afloat until the starter gets back, you've earned your money. Like you've done exactly what you're supposed to do. So I don't have anything against Cooper Rush, like absolutely nothing. I think he's done his job and he's done it well. Would you agree with that analysis, Justin? Yes. Okay. Now let's move to Matt Jones and Zappy. Here's the difference, I think, in this scenario. Does, it, does this team seem to play better right now with Zappy at quarterback? Because I don't think the Cowboys play better with Rush at quarterback. But he's not going to lose them a lot of games. I think this team plays better with Zappy at quarterback. What do you think about that, Justin? Because see, to me, these are it's a, it's a similar scenario, but that, didn't Zappy throw for over 300 yesterday or something crazy? Maybe I'm wrong. I could be he wrong. Did. He did. He threw for over 300. Matt Jones isn't going to do that very often. Against Cleveland, and he's the third straight quarterback. And this team seems to be humming along. They started humming along when he came in the game after Matt got hurt. Like, so in Dallas, clearly Dak is going to start. In, in in New England, I don't see how you ever bring Matt Jones back at this point until Zappi has a meltdown. I mean, so, okay, fool me once, Detroit, okay. Fool me twice against Cleveland, and Cleveland isn't good, but they're better than Detroit. Or maybe they're not. We'll find out. But the Patriots get the Bears this week. I'm telling you right now, Justin, if Bailey Zappi puts on a clinic against the Bears, there's no way Mac Jones can start the rest of this season. Zappi has now earned and taken the job. I can't argue with that, Will, since we're on a first-name basis today. I will say this, that score is a little inflated. Cleveland had four turnovers, two fumbles lost, two picks. You're not going to win any games in the league. Turn the ball over four times. No, no, they I had get two, it. 
I, I, I'm, I'm, it doesn't take anything away from the play of, of Zappy. It doesn't matter what the score is. I just, you know, within the last five minutes, New England had a one-play 19-yard drive for a touchdown and a three-play eight-yard drive for a touchdown. Um, and earlier in the game, they had a 40-yard drive for a touchdown. I, You know, they were gifted a lot of field position. Cleveland Cleveland definitely shot themselves in both feet. In no, but, but I'm so. saying – but I'm saying that's the score. That, that still doesn't take away Zappi having over 300 yards passing. That didn't happen in the last part of the game. You're like, right. You're right. The, the guy had over 300. Like, he was he was torching them. Yeah. And he hit, like, eight different receivers. Like, I mean. <laughs> putting on a clinic. That's what I'm saying. Listen, I, I'm serious about this now. If Zappi... If, if he if he if he gives us anything close to the same showing against the Bears and Roquan Smith's defense, I'm I'm serious, Luke. If he's anywhere near 300, if they beat the Bears 28 to 17, no no way. I mean, Mac Jones has got to ride the bench the rest of the year and become the backup. There's no way he can come back. I just I don't see it. I'm okay with that. Big takeaways. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. And that's nothing against Mac Jones. It's just these are the facts. Like the team is fun again. It seems. Ramondre season. I mean, ah. listen, man. Do you want to talk about the New York Jets going into Lambeau and Sauce Gardner wearing a cheese head exiting the stadium or, or anything? The Jets are four and two. I know, I know, I know. Green Bay's not good. I know. But instead of talking about the Packers, you want to take 60 seconds and highlight some of the things that – what are you seeing out of the Jets organization? Are we seeing a culture shift for real, finally? Well, the, so let's start with the obvious. And the obvious is you don't fire a first-year coach after one bad season with that was ravaged with injuries, right? So let's start there. Because I, I, I feel like organizations bring their guy in, they give him two or three years, but they don't give it a chance to actually see the culture shift. Now, so, so here's what I mean by that, because I'm actually going to make another parallel, Justin. Today's parallel day. I'm going to parallel this with the Panthers organization, my beloved Panthers. So Matt Rule comes in, and what I think we saw with the Panthers organization, at least the way it looked, was a temporary culture shift, Right? The first season he was there, it looked like guys were inspired to play. Last season, though, it looked like nobody was inspired to play. And then we come into the third season, and the inspiration level is at an all-time low. It's bad. It's really bad. So Matt Rule has to go. Now, we go over to the Jets, Justin. In the first season, and I'm, I'm looking up uh, while, while we're live here, uh, what their record was last year. Uh, New York Jets record 2021. Their record was 4-13. and 13. Okay? 4-13. and 13. Not great. Had some injuries. But the question is, was there a culture shift? Right? Was the culture shifting enough to make an impact? And Based on the record, based on some of the games I can remember, it's like, ah, maybe, maybe not. But then we come into this season, and we see the way they're playing. 
Now, mind you, Zach Wilson does not start this season mostly. We have Joe Flacco leading the charge for most of these games so far. And they still fought hard, and they're winning games. Now Zach Wilson comes in, they're still winning it. What does that tell me, Justin? Culture shift. Now, the difference is, or what, what I feel like the difference is, at least for now, is they're not playing too many divisional games yet. Right? And and he, here's what it's going to come down to, Justin. This one on a first-name basis today. How many of these divisional games do they rattle off? Like, okay, so if they're going to be successful, I don't think they beat the Bills, but they better beat the Patriots. Do you get what I'm saying? And and and, and they've already beaten Miami. They better beat me in Miami. Like th- these are the games. If they split with the Bills by some odds, whatever. <laughs> However, it happens. If they split with the Bills and they're continuing to win, like now we're on to something here. We we've got some sauce in our garden. Play on words there. But do you, do you get what I'm saying about the Jets? Like, we've got to see them win in the division now because they're winning outside of the division. But they've got they've still got to play the Patriots twice. They beat Miami, so, so don't get me wrong. 40-17, big win. They've still got to play the Patriots twice. They've still got to play the Bills twice. Can they split with both of those teams? I don't think they can split with the Bills right now. I do think they can split with the Patriots. And if so, that would be huge for this organization this season. They already have my respect, for sure. And I think they're going to at least split with New England. I, I think that's in the They Roman. should. I can't, they I, get the first one at home, too. You cannot fault them for losing to Buffalo. So I, I no. think it's fine. I think it's fine. But they're utilizing their best players. We really weren't sure what was going to happen with the whole, oh, this is still Michael Carter's backfield thing like six weeks ago. Thank you, Jets personnel, for giving Brees Hall the football. He's averaging like 17 and a half opportunities. He's out-touching Michael Carter two to one almost the last two weeks overall, which is fine. And Michael Carter is still a fine complimentary, complimentary running back, I think. But Brees Hall is the real deal. And sometimes things make sense. Green Bay is the worst team in the league at yielding rushing success. What did the Jets do? They went into Lambeau. They ran the snot out of the football in a miserable weather-looking game up there. Brees Hall looked explosive. He did the damn thing. He's going to finish as a top 12 running back, barring any health and fantasy. I, I really, I really like that they gave this kid a chance and they got the ground game. They exploited the weakness of Green Bay. They were totally fine in time of possession. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that firepower to bail him out anymore. Um, like Devontae Adams could at most times here. And let me tell you this, the Jets front seven is more than formidable. They got some good young talent there. They play hard, and they yeah. really just rally to the football. It's not an analytical take. It's what I'm seeing. And uh, the team's playing. They're playing hard. So they did what they should have done. They took advantage of Green Bay on the ground. Brees Hall looked incredible. And listen, they're going to be competitive. It does, I don't, let me it does, ask you this, Luke. They're going to be in the hunt for the wild card, my friend. Let me ask you this. So they're four and two right now, right? Four and two. I think I think that's the record. Uh, yeah, yeah, four and two. 
do you think this team can pull off another upset on the road against the Broncos this week? I do. Yeah, short week for Denver? Absolutely. Okay. So let's say they win that game. They're five and two. They get the Patriots at home after coin that. Flip, coin flip, winnable. I'm going to give them that game. They have to split with the Patriots this year if they're going to make some noise. I'm going to give them that game. Seven and two. Then okay, they well, get the. Well, hear me out. Hear me out, right? Hear me out. Uh huh. We can skip the whole meat of this schedule. We can skip the Bills twice, et cetera. Two of their last three games of the year are, are, are so, sorry, two of the last four games of the year are Detroit and Jacksonville at home. Would you? Jacksonville would think, isn't going to be easy. They're going to be, but the Jets should be slight favorites in those games, barring anything ridiculous. They right? should beat the Lions. And I they if they're still playing really well, they should beat the Seahawks on the road. And they still have the Bears on the schedule. They have plenty of win- winnable games on the schedule. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, yep, yep. It's and so that's why I was trying to add tally up the wins because I think we're at what seven and two. If we give them the Patriots, give them a loss to the Bills, seven and three. I'm going to give them a loss to the Patriots on the road. That's that's seven and four. I'll give them a win at home against the Bears. That's eight and four. Believe it or not, I think they can beat the Vikings. I don't trust the Vikings, but but because they're on the road, I'm going to give them a loss. Eight and five at the Bills. Eight and six. Lions at home. Nine and six. Jaguars come to the Jets. Ten and six. Jets on the road at the Seahawks. I think they can beat them. Eleven and six. And then Jets at Dolphins. It's Miami is always a tough place to play in January. I don't know why these northern teams struggle when they go down there, probably because of the heat. But if the Dolphins haven't put the pieces together, I'll give it to them. I think this team, just just adding it up piece by piece, 11-6 and um, or 10-7, and I feel like like that's close enough. And if that's the case, that's a winning – the Jets organization will be very pleased with either of those outcomes, I think. What do you think? I think ten and seven is fair because they're not going to be able to just ground and pound every one of these teams. Zach Wilson's going to have to show us something a couple times down the stretch. Like it's the NFL; things are not carrying over from week to week. We're going to need to see Zach Wilson win a game or two. You're not going to absolutely. You're not going to be able to go ten for eighteen and throw for a hundred yards and walk out of Lambeau every damn game. Absolutely. It's kind and of an and that's the thing. Yep, you got to see quarterbacks win the game for you sometimes and not just not lose it, for sure. I'm in. So one more I want to look at is we got to talk about the other team that plays in MetLife and the Baltimore Ravens who cannot get out of their own way and keep pissing down their own legs in the fourth quarter. We've seen Baltimore, uh, aside of this game, they haven't trailed much this season, and, uh, you know, they're a 500 team, and I just feel like they've left a lot on the table for sure. Whether it's a snap going over Lamar's head in crunch time or just things happening, turnovers. Not I, kicking a field not, goal. Not kicking field goals. Justin Tucker actually missing field goals when the when the coach finally lets him kick them. I, I don't know what to make of the Baltimore Ravens at this moment. Right now, um, of course, they missed Rashad Bateman again, and it seems like Kenyon Drake is 
either Dobbins isn't healthy or he had a couple setbacks or for some reason he's in the doghouse. Like, I don't mind Kenyon Drake, but there's a reason he's been a journeyman and and J.K. Dobbins, you know, uh, maybe he's just not, you know, he he had multiple gruesome leg injuries that he came back from and which is awesome. But, you know, running backs don't always fare the best coming back from ACLs and et cetera. So we're seeing maybe a shift in the backfield there as well. So the Ravens, Chief, the Ravens, great win from the Giants, another team who shifted culture and is most likely on their way to a wild card berth at this point in the NFC and and not taking anything away from a gritty win. But the Ravens, like, are we seeing a, a culture go in a different trajectory here? Not only because are they choking games away in multiple ways late here in the season, Chief, but to not pay your franchise quarterback or, or come, I don't know what's going on there behind closed doors and negotiations, but accompany that, like Lamar is the best offensive Raven to play football in, in quite some time to put on that uniform and to not honor him. And like, it doesn't even sound like they were close in negotiations from, from what we know. So you accompany that with the brutal losses. Where are we here with Baltimore? Well, I think it's how many games do you think they can win in the division? And I, I think they can beat the Steelers. I think they can beat the Browns. And th- that's that's really it for me. Like, if they beat both of those teams and they can get a few more division out, out of conference games, they're going to be actually – they're going to be just fine. You know what I mean? Like that's that that's that's really where where I view Baltimore. Like, and they get and they get the Browns uh, on the twenty third. They should beat them there at home. They go to Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay hasn't shown drastic improvement, they should beat them. They go to the Saints. Whoo man! Uh, the Panthers come to town. They should beat them. They go to to Jacksonville. Not sure about that one. The Broncos come to them. They should win that game. At the Steelers, the Steelers are always tough, but they should beat the Steelers. They should beat the Browns again. The Falcons come into town. I don't think the Falcons will still be hot. They should beat them. The Steelers come to the Ravens. Then they go to the Bengals. So I And they have, they've already beat the Bengals once. Like, if they win the division, which they very well could, then despite their record today, they're one team I'm still okay with. I'm okay with them, too. Their three losses are by a combined 10 points. It just They have just all really hurt. Those were some yeah. painful losses. Yeah. So we'll see if Harbaugh has this locker room, Chief. I know you're not the biggest fan of my guy over there. Not my guy. But um, if I – I'm if not I had the a... biggest fan because I think he makes suspect calls with the best yeah. field goal kicker in the league. Like, for instance, Justin Tucker kicks two field goals in the game. And it's not because I like field goal props, okay? Let me just let me just put that out there. Okay? Because I don't play Justin Tucker props for what it's worth. Because I know Harbaugh is going to screw us. I learned that last season. but And perhaps he's turning a corner. But when it's fourth and two at the 30, and the score is 10-7 and you're up, just let Justin Tucker kick the field goal. Right? Like, those three points are valuable because now this team, if let's say we don't, you don't score anymore and the, team has, the other team has the ball with the two minutes left. Okay, yeah, yeah, if they score a touchdown, they win. But they also have to score a touchdown. You get what I'm saying? Like, the, the pressure's on. And then let's say you get a stop and it's 7-13. And then now it's fourth and four at the, the 38. 
Okay, Justin Tucker comes out and kicks another field goal. You're up 16 to 7. And now the other team literally, even if they scored a touchdown and got the two point, they still can't win. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like it's it's the optics of it. Like sometimes you gotta take the points when they're there and then let your defense do the rest. And if the script plays out okay, if the team goes down and it's you know, 7-13, and they score a touchdown, you get the ball back. If you kick a field goal, you can win the game. Like, it, it, take the points. Always take the points. And I think that's something that, you know, listen, I love analytics. Do I think a team should kick a field goal at fourth and a half yard line from the goal line? No, I do not. You go for it. Right? Um, unless, unless it's 10 seconds left, right? And the score is nine to ten, and you've got nine. Like, just take the field goal, right? Just kick it and win the game. But any other scenario, you know, outside, take the points. The points are always going to be more valuable the later the game goes down the line. And I don't think the Ravens have done a good job of taking enough points, even last season. They just wouldn't take the points. Fourth and three on the ten, they just go for it. Come on, guy, take the points. All right, I'm done. Let's look ahead to next week. Yeah. On a scale of how confident are you, which is a very open-ended scale, can the Washington Commanders and Taylor Heineke beat the Green Bay Packers? I think they can. Now, will they? I don't know. Like, as much as I despise Aaron Rodgers' level of play, okay? I don't have anything against Aaron Rodgers as a person, just his level of play. Uh, the Green Bay Packers have a chance to beat the Washington Commanders for sure. Like, they, they absolutely have a chance, okay? Period. No doubt about it. Will they? On the road? Washington's played some bad football. So is Green Bay. If Taylor Heineke's playing, he knows enough about this team. He's been there, right? He know, he can get some wins. He's, he's slightly elusive at times. And, you know, Green Bay's going to have to use old film to prepare for. Because they won't have any from, from this current season which in my opinion may put them at a disadvantage overall, depending on how they scheme up the offense. I think Washington wins this game, but I don't think it's pretty. I'm really torn on this one. I I don't think Heineke can be any worse than Wentz. <laughs> he can't be. He, well, he won't be. He will not be worse. Well, what we know is that the running backs are definitely going to get peppered with targets. If it's anything like it was before, running backs will get targets galore. Listen, man, if I'm if I'm Washington and I have this young kid, Brian Robinson, who had a pretty good 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming out party, hey, I'm back. Uh, you know, I'm the lead back. Hit our hit our rushing props with him, hit the overs. It was nice. And I'm seeing what Brees Hall did to that Green Bay defense who yields the worst uh, rushing success rate, meaning you can run the snot out of the football against him. I'm looking at my offensive lineman. I'm be like, we're going to go beat the Green Bay Packers. We're going to run the ball 20 times with Brian Robinson. Like, we're, and we're another gonna... 12 with Gibson. Why do they hate that man? He looked fantastic. But ever since yeah. training camp and when they drafted Robinson, they want nothing to do with Antonio Gibson. Is it a, is Ron Rivera a problem here? Like, is he is he an issue? I, I think Ron needs to go home and watch football now and quit coaching. And I don't have anything against Ron as a person. I just think it's it his time is up. Like, don't don't you think so? Like, I, I think his time is up. He had a run care, he had a run with Carolina. He probably should have taken a lot more time off in between his next head coaching job, and he went right to Washington. and I, And I think, I, I just, I think Ron's time is up, man. And I like Ron as a person, but Ron, you know, if you're listening to this, go home, look at your beautiful wife, hang out with your dogs, and say, you know what? L- let me give somebody else a chance to lead this team. That because I, I think I think my my time has run its course now. Let's get Terry McLaurin a quarterback too. While we're at it, oh boy, McLaurin's stock is up with with Heineke. It's certainly not any worse than it was. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. But I think you get thirty carries between Robinson and Gibson. I think this is a one score game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, all I'm saying for sure, for sure. What other games are you looking at here? Any any games you're interested in? Any sides or totals that are catching your attention either? I, I think the Giants going to Jacksonville is, is huge this week. Wouldn't you agree? Like, to me, yeah. sneakily, this might be the best game of the week in terms of what it's going to mean for these two teams' seasons. Um, I, I, I really do, man. I think the Giants going to Jacksonville, um, this is going to get interesting. And this is a game. This is a game I actually want to watch. Like my team is playing the Buccaneers, and I'm, I might actually watch the Giants Jaguars game, or or just instead of watching the Panthers play this week and just upset me even more, uh, I might just red zone it up the whole day instead of taking you know three of my hard earned hours to watch my Panthers lose every week. <laughs> oh, I know the feeling. Yeah, I I think. Uh, I think we are going to see a, an interesting game there. I think it'll be competitive. Like the Giants' offensive line still can't protect Daniel Jones. Like we, I know they're five and one, but we can't imagine that 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 like that issue didn't disappear. You know. So yeah. Uh, by the way, Travis Etienne looked fantastic against the Colts. Yeah, it's it's, and that's what I'm saying. I had to start getting away from James Robinson because. It just left the week before. I think it felt like it was time. Like they gave him more carries, or it was pretty much about equal with the carries. So you know, the first couple of weeks, it was kind of the James Robinson show, right? And 
and then Travis Eighteen just kind of had a big, big week, and so now we'll we'll see how it goes. Like, yeah, you know. Jags are current three point favorites at home, forty two and a half total, which probably feels about right. I feel like it's going to be kind of ugly there. Like, I feel like this is a twenty four twenty game at best, so I don't really have a lean on the total, and I'm probably not taking the side either. But it just feels right. Like, you know, and, and let me say this too, feels right. Luke, I, I meant to say this, so I'm really sorry. Um, but you know, the Jaguars lost to the Commanders week one, blew, beat down the Colts, beat down the Chargers, lost to the Eagles, and then lost to the Texans, and then lost to the Colts again. Like, they're going to be hungry to win this week to try to get this ship back on track because if they can win this week, they may be, they may be able to win two more games in a row after that. So it, as good as they've played overall and haven't been losing by a lot, I think their youth is beginning to show in these losses. Oh, man. That Giants schedule is so soft. Beginning of a two-game road trip for the Giants at Jacksonville, at Seattle. They get to come home and play the Texans and the Lions in back-to-back games too. So you're, you're looking at – like. This is a huge stretch of four games for the Giants because if they somehow get to eight or nine wins before we're at thanks before we're at December one, then you're gonna, have an oppor- you're gonna have an opportunity to maybe even load manage uh, Saquon Barkley at the end of the year or something like that or whatever it is. So this is gonna be fun, and every game is vitally important for the Giants. So this is gonna be a, a really good one, I think. Colts Titans, another you know sticking in the AFC South, another huge. A divisional game, in my opinion. Tennessee's three and two. The Colts are three, two, and one. Uh, Tennessee did beat Indy on the road at Lucas Oil a couple weeks ago. Titans yeah. coming off a bye. Mike Rabel really good with a lot of rest um, and a lot of time to plan. So um, I know the Titans are definitely Giants fans on Sunday. And if the Titans could sweep the Colts, that it, that could be a massive sequence of events for Tennessee. I think this week. Yeah, I think the Titans win for what it's worth. Like seriously, I, I don't, I don't think the Titans lose this game to the Colts this week. Um, they're at home. You got to and Derrick Henry is starting to roll. Like I don't, I don't know if people have realized it, but he he started roll. Is is he not, Luch? I mean, we we we've been taking Derrick Henry props. I think the past two or three weeks, I took him at eighty five and a half the week before. I got one as well. I think I think he's starting to get on track here. I'm not worried about the Colts shutting him down. Like it's it's King Henry time, and uh, if he can keep getting chunk plays and keep staying involved in the passing game like he has, Tennessee's got a shot uh, to rattle off a few games and possibly even put put together a couple upsets. We'll see. That bye week was necessary. They were missing like five or six defensive starters. Harold Landry before the season started. Bud yeah. Degrees missed two-thirds of the games. Amani Hooker, um, young safety, was missing a lot of time. Elijah Molden, one of their corners, been out. Uh, Zach Cunningham missed some time as well. So, like, they really needed that bye week. So, I think it's going to be a great game. It, it always is. Um, we'll see if Tennessee is going to be in the market to maybe uh, look for a wide receiver. A nice breakup here of, of content is your Panthers are maybe beginning a fire sale. So Robbie Anderson went to Arizona. Is anybody else going to be on the move here before November 1st? I, I hope I hope Christian McCaffrey is gone. Like, just get rid of him. And that's not anything just Christian McCaffrey. 
I think he he, he likes the Panthers organization. And he's done all that he can. But let's get him somewhere where he can make an impact, get us some draft capital back, right? And then next year, let's start to try to rebuild this team. Um, we're just not we're just not a fun football team, Luch. Like the Panthers just aren't a fun team. I mean, it's it's blah offense. We're, we're, we want a fun defense that's going to fly around, but our offense can't support that. It's just – it's not a fun team, you know? Um, I mean, gosh, Sid McCaffrey's somewhere fun. It really stinks when your team's not fun. I've had plenty of those days the last – well, not recently, but the, the middle 2000s of Titans football, like between, between the Chris Johnson era. As a fan, it's like yeah, C two K. Do I do this every Sunday for three hours? And oh man, I, I understand. We'll see. I mean, DJ Moore's got a decent little contract, but I would figure he his name's been floating around. Okay, now now let me say this for what it's worth. Do you know who could absolutely use DJ Moore right now? Dallas. Yeah, they could. They could. I I actually have another contender contender in mind. Let me do a 5 second scan of Let's see here. Let's go with the Baltimore Ravens. They could. They, they could. You're, it, is a, it is an AFC team, but it's it's a true contender. What, what if I told just the Kansas City Chiefs? Sure. Like they don't have like I mean, they've got MVS. They've got they've got an odd collection of receivers. They sure do. But, it, but you put D, you see what I'm saying. But you put DJ Moore on that team, and now all of a sudden, Juju Smith can go back to be. I mean, look, he had a big game the other night. But I'm saying now you've given Patrick. Mahomes, he's about as close to what he had last year as ever. You give him DJ Moore. And MVS for some speed, and and Nicole for some speed, and him and Juju and Kelsey—they're a nightmare. Now, at that point, them and the Bills, whoever wins that game probably wins the Super Bowl. Do you get can, what I'm saying? Can DJ like, they, Moore be an alpha wide receiver? Like, are we getting shortchanged of of what? Like, we don't know what his ceiling is because of the the poor quarterback play. That's what I'm telling you. Listen, when he was in Maryland, this guy was a stud. I I think, and I could be wrong, but I look, I've watched him play with Baker. I've watched him play. Like when guys throws, you're wide open and throw it over your head, you're wide open, it's too far outside, and you're having to make a miraculous catch almost time you catch the fish. It's it's tiring, man. It's like, come on, can 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 I get somebody to throw me the ball? When I open one time, please. You know what I mean? It, it's it's so tiring. No. I, I would say Juju Smith-Schuster is a 
prototype number two wide receiver on a football team, like second option, right? I, I feel that's like that's saying. fine. That's a good call. I will say the Tennessee Titans could really use DJ Moore. But you know who they could really use? A guy like A.J. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I almost knew this was coming, and it still got me anyway. <laughs> I, I am, I am, I am a believer in Traylon Burks. He's got the turf toe thing though, and, and that could linger a whole year. You don't know. So. Have you seen Julio? Julio's had turf toe for ten seasons. I know. I love. I, I love how he went to Tampa, and the Tampa Bay Twitter crowd was like, "Oh, we got Julio." I'm like, "Listen, I've dealt through a lot of Julio <laughs> situationships last season, oh, and he's gosh. not going to play more than six or seven games." And yeah. uh, we would need to take out another time slot to talk about the Buccaneers and. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll save that. Um, we'll definitely okay. we'll save that. Uh, I I will just say this about next week: if you're looking to do some fall festival stuff with your honey or whatever, you have a vacant Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night because <laughs> these games are brutal. <laughs> you want to go out <laughs> to dinner, play some mini golf? I don't know. Listen, let, let's go. Let's go ahead and start shopping for Christmas decorations. <laughs> And uh, that that's that may be something good to put on the schedule during those times, uh, because yeah, man, you, you're right. It's it's ugly. Which game would you rather watch? Would you rather watch the Saints Cardinals on Thursday night, which is probably the answer? Would you rather watch the Steelers Dolphins, which could be Trubisky against question mark, or maybe the Bears and Patriots, you know, in a shootout thriller on Monday night? Which is the best primetime game of this week, Chief? For, for entertainment purposes. I, I got to go with the Steelers-Dolphins. Like, don't you think? Like, that's got to be the one. No, no way it's the Bears-Patriots. Not that – I will say this. Bailey Zappi starting. It might be interesting to see how well he performs against the Bears, who are going to have a much better defense. But on paper right now, if I had to choose, well, the Saints should be able to put up points this week. So this might actually be a fun game. But I think I'd much rather watch the Steelers-Dolphins play. Uh, hopefully Kenny Pickett recovers, you know, well soon. Guess he left with a concussion, which yeah. is why Trubisky was in there. I mean, hey, they beat the Buccaneers. I, I don't know anything. I, I don't know anything. Poor Tom. He's divorced. He's losing to a team with a depleted secondary. I mean, the Steelers had everybody and their cousins out in that secondary. And it was just brutal. I I don't know what the state of the Buccaneers really is right now. We'll have to bring Nick Galeta back on if he will accept our invite because he's a you know big Tampa Bay advocate. And I, I wonder what his actual analytical analysis is to what Tampa Bay is the rest of the season because, man, I, I don't know, Chief. Yeah, neither do I. You got any story time or GPP food? takes before well, I, I will have some story time so uh my son went to his first uh homecoming dance last night no he went to the one last year too sorry but for this one he got a little suited and booted that had on a uh, a very spiffy fit if i must say so myself we went to the uh you know one of the local uh suit shops here a spot called new yorkers and uh, he was able to find them some some very spiffy wear. Had a nice, uh, let, let's call it a attention-seeking dinner coat. 
black had a little sign to it uh white shirt white and black bow tie got her some nice stylish fashion glasses had some white suede shoes on with the black bottoms and i, I think he had a good time and so i was i was really happy to share that experience with him so in terms of story time uh we were able to go to that spot and uh, this was last week and kind of look around and had some really good father-son time and uh you know got 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 him like i said suited and booted and while we we're in the store the guy says hey you know are you gonna wear the slim fit pants he said you know all the guys are wearing these slim fit pants now and my son says, yeah, yeah, I'm on. Where else? He said, all right, well, try them on. So the dressing room, he's like, hey, hey, I don't know if I can get my whole leg in these things. <laughs> so, all right, well, well, we'll go up a size, and let's see if the next size fits. And the next size, he was able to get into the next size up, and he says, hey, I got into him, but, like, if I sit down the wrong way, I think these things are going to split. I said, so we're avoiding the the, the uh, slim fit pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to avoid those. Let's just go with the regular fit. I said, cool. Regular fit pants it is. So got the regulars. But, yeah, he went and had a good time. And I, I had so much fun uh, hanging out with him, man, uh, just, you know, you know, shopping for some, some spiffy threads for the dance. Now, Luce, the end of this story is this. I said, well, yeah, because I've, I've got an event coming up where I'm going to have to, uh, you know, put on some formal attire. So I said, yeah, I'm probably going back, um, you know, in a month or so because, you know, we got we've got this uh, this this uh, cruise banquet that me and Mrs. Chief are going to the future Mrs. Chief. And he said, well, hey, you know, I, I'm going to go back with you when you when you go. I'm like, oh, really? Why? He was like, because the prom's coming up. My son's a sophomore. Here's what he says. Yeah, I'm going to go with a junior, one of my junior friends. Oh, okay. Good for you. So that, that's the end of the story time. But yeah, that's my story time, man. It's so much fun with my son hanging out in the store. And, uh, you know, just, you won't forget those moments, man. You will not forget. So are you going for the slim pants as well? Or are you more the- <laughs> <laughs> Great question. I could not have crafted that question any better and the answer is heavens no i will not have on the skinnies the slim fits regular fit my guy regular fit i'm not a slim fit guy myself but i'm okay with missing that era of style i, I i'm okay listen work guys, for my build either yeah and it's it's yeah it's it's a build thing like i you know i've got uh Look, if I played football, I, I'd be like a smaller Jerome Bettis. Like I've got pretty, pretty, pretty thick thighs here. Slim fit's not working for me, man. It's just, it's just not working. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna look like you ever seen that packaged hamburger meat in the store? That's what I'm gonna look like if I get those slim fit pants. Shop down a different aisle. <laughs> Listen, uh, quick food story. I was in Baltimore this weekend, and the Ravens fans were very sad. But I was outside of Baltimore. I was actually in Towson. What's up, Towson Tigers? Uh, cool little college town. But I went to this place. Yeah. Called went to this place called the CNR Pub. And first of all, it's on a one-way street, and I, they had a chalkboard going above the bar. And I said, "What does wrong way tally mean?" And it was the number was at like two hundred and eighty. 
And they said, oh, every time we see a car go down the wrong way, we tally it up. And I said, well, that is terrifying if you reset this on an annual basis. So uh, if you're in Towson, please be aware of the one-way streets. But check out the CNR pub. Um, I had grilled wings there. And that's not usually Ooh. like my – I don't. I guess I just don't – I don't get that often. Um, I guess most places probably don't grill their wings. But I had a little Old Bay and honey seasoning on there. And I'm more of a – Oh, yeah. I'm more of a buffalo oh, or a hot man. or some kind of tang, but switching it up, I'm like, you know what? I'm in I'm in the Baltimore area where they know Old Bay, they know what they're doing with it. Um, they threw they threw a little honey on there. So CNR Pub was a really cool environment. Had a little bit of an outdoorsy feel. They opened up some of their like little pub, um, brewery esque garage doors, and you know let the breeze in. Huge wraparound bar. So if you're looking for a place to get some grilled wings uh, in the Baltimore Towson area. Check out the CNR pub. Just drive down the right way of the street, please, for everyone's sake. I don't have anything else to say today, but I feel like we covered a lot of a lot of uh, ground here of important storylines. We didn't get really analytical, but you know what you're getting out of us by this time if you're tuning in. Yes, you do. If you want some analytics, my friend Will here is on a lot of media stuff. I know you got to get out of here. You got the Monday night uh, show coming up. By the time by the time this podcast gets put out, that'll already be over. But um, you got a lot of stuff coming up. And hey, we're making a couple of appearances on the NBA Morning Grind in a week or two. NBA oh, season's man. back, baby. NBA season's back, and I can't. It could not have come at a better time for the week, right? Like, because baseball was kind of my weekly grind, and then now we've got NBA, which is just going to further strengthen. Uh, the props bankroll. So I, I'm I'm really excited for NBA to be back. And uh, met brother, we'll, I mean, we all we both started together. We, we started our, our relationship on NBA Grind uh, for on, on NBA podcast. So it's good to always come full circle and you know go back to our roots here. So I'm really excited. Um, and you know, I think our first couple of times, man, I just I wasn't losing at NBA. I wasn't hitting the big one. But I mean, I was getting 150 lineups, like, dang. So I, I definitely need to be multi-airing on the days we do those shows because uh, hopefully the big one will come. Yeah, so take this week of NFL with these horrible primetime games. Get out there and do something social because if you do play NBA DFS, you know you got to keep those alerts on. And if you're out to eat, you're going to the bathroom to make some lineup swaps or maybe you have a significant other that's just cool with it. Uh, and if Listen. she is, she's a keeper. So go do your thing on, this week while the NFL games are terrible. Yeah. On, on Fridays, it's date night. I'm just not playing NBA DFS. I don't, I don't care how good the slate is. I'm just I'm not touching it. Throw in some props and let it sell, my friend. That's why we talked about this. The sports betting world is here to stay, and the needle is pointing north. Yes, it is. Anything yes, else before is. we head home for the holidays? No, sir. I am good, my brother. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in. We hope we provided some entertainment here on a middle of October week already. Pretty soon it'll be Halloween and we are getting into the teeth of the NFL schedule. So without further ado, we'll let you get out of here for the Chief Will Priester. I'm the Luch Justin Carlucci. Thanks. Stay safe and have a good week, everybody.